It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Scott Branson with you and my broadcast partner, Mr. Mo Moten. Mo, here we are, training camp. Veterans reported on Wednesday. So we're getting started. No uh, surprises so far as far as guys showing up for camp. No surprises. A little bit of a freak out about the pup list, which we'll get into today. But it's good to see everyone back together, except for Dallin Levitt, of course, who was let go. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, good to see, for the most part, attendance is good, and the Raiders are ready to start their journey for a Super Bowl. That's right. It all gets started this week, as we've been talking about. And just a rundown of what Mo and I are going to talk about on this show as I come to you from Las Vegas, where I've been at the Red Rock Resort all week. Uh, that is a position breakdown. Again, wide receiver. We're going to go through that. By the way, the Raiders did sign a wide receiver, a practice squad guy, basically, Isaiah Zuber. But the story is he spent time with San Francisco with Cleveland and the Jets, but he was an undrafted free agent by the Patriots back in 2020. So there you go. There's the connection. We're also, even though we're focusing on wide receivers, we're also going to talk tight ends uh, because there are receivers. We all know about Waller, but what does Foster Moreau do this season? Does he finally live up to kind of the expectations uh, and the potential that he's had, especially in Josh McDaniel's uh, system. So we're going to go through that. Mo, a couple bits of news off the top, and this is an interesting one. It's kind of more of a business story. But as you remember, when the Raiders were getting set to move to Las Vegas a couple years ago, we heard a lot about Las Vegas being a small market. What is this team going to do? Then we had the COVID year with no fans. Then we had last year where, let's face it, early on in the season, a lot of Raider fans uh, didn't show tickets were sold to visiting fans. Uh, Raider nation got worried, but we find out this week from Sportico, the Raiders ranked number one in the NFL in net ticket revenue generated last year with $119 million for games held at Allegiant. Uh, that does not include luxury boxes. So if you think that includes luxury, it does not. Mo, you have the Raiders, then San Francisco, New England, and then the Rams and Giants and Dallas as the top six. The bottom teams, Arizona, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Washington, Detroit. No surprise there. But this is a big deal, and I think that the idea that the move from Las Vegas, as painful as it may have been for Bay Area fans, from a business standpoint and for the longevity and the structure of this team to build a winner, it shows up right there with the ticket sales. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Raiders were number one in revenue, 25th in tickets sold. But that goes to show that people are paying for the expensive tickets because that was the complaint last year that 
you know, the, the expense there, a lot of people just couldn't afford it. I expect the number to be the, as far as the attendance, the average attendance number to be a lot higher because there was a mandate at Legion Stadium. So if you weren't vaccinated, you weren't allowed in uh, this year, it's different. So I, I, I feel like the attendance should be a lot, I should say steady, uh, because there was a concern about a no sh- an average no-show rate. Let, let's be honest about that. But again, I think I think the number will will go up this year, especially yeah, with the team, especially with the direction of the team. Yes, and um, it's funny too because the Raiders, for those of you who doubt this, clearly any revenue you bring in is part of the problem in Oakland. The Raiders could not generate revenue from not only ticket sales but from corporate sponsorships, which they've done an amazing job here in Las Vegas. Also, though, they have they they were not able to sell suites like they are. But if you look at the Raiders, the Raiders made one hundred and nineteen million dollars despite the third smallest capacity. Yes, Allegiant Stadium is beautiful as it is. It's the third smallest capacity in the league at sixty five thousand. And as you said, twenty five in ticket sales, Uh, the 49ers right behind the Raiders with one hundred and seventeen million, as I mentioned, and. These numbers are important, according to Yahoo Sports, because 40% of the team's ticket revenue is put into a shared pool with the rest of franchises to split amongst the clubs. So that number reached about $20 million per team. So that that figure gets shared and goes into that bigger pot. Uh, and so the Raiders clearly doing well with that. But but it just goes to show, I think, from a business standpoint, you know, on the field, that's what we talk about 99% of the time here, Mo, is the football. But off the field, though, Sands the front office drama, which hopefully has been rectified now. Uh, this team is in really good financial shape. Yeah, definitely. So Mark Davis does have some business acumen. I, a lot of people <laughs> make fun of him. So I guess he he didn't make the right rule financially. So kudos yeah. to him. Uh, other news, of course, you mentioned it. You teased it, as they say in the business, Mr. Moten. Uh, the pup list, the, the physically unable to perform list, was released this week. On that list, Jonathan Hankins. Trayvon Mullen, we'll get to him in a second. Bilal Nichols, uh, all on that list as well. And Mo, we talked in our uh, position breakdown last week for cornerback about the worry with Trayvon Mullen and the foot surgery he had in the offseason. There's some folks out there, including some journalists, saying, oh, he'll be fine, no worries. But I'll tell you what, I, that worries me. I knew that he wouldn't be 100% to start camp, clearly. But the fact that he may not be there for a while with the new system and all that, that's got to be a big concern for the Raiders. Yeah, Vic Taper of The Athletic, shout out to him, dropped a nugget in a recent piece he wrote. He said, of the three guys on the pup list, Blau Nichols, Jonathan Hankins, and Trayvon Mullen, the team is most concerned about Mullen, obviously, because he's coming off of a surgery. Uh, Hankins and Blau Nichols, their injuries are haven't been disclosed, but we all know that Mullen had a, had a foot-toe issue last year, only played, I believe, five games, has a procedure done in May, he kind of downplayed it on Twitter, said he has successful surgery. He's going to bounce back stronger than ever. A lot of players say that after surgery. But it's a wait-and-see approach. And I think him being out is a concern, but it also creates opportunities for guys like Amik Robinson to hang on to a, a back-end roster spot, and especially Rocky Sin and Anthony Avery, who I think would have been battling the fact cornerback two spot. But who knows? Maybe they both get on the field if Mullen isn't ready for week one. Yeah, but Mo, I'll tell you, though, I get more and more and maybe, you know, I'm not I'm not overplaying the news here, but man, I'm getting really concerned because as we addressed during last week's uh, position breakdown with cornerbacks, this unit is just really young. It's unproven. It's got some guys that really need to step up. 
this could end up being like we talked about last year at this time. We talked about the weakness of the offensive line. This could be the one key issue that could hurt the Raiders significantly if somebody doesn't step up like you just said. Yeah, a lot of focus on the offensive line for good reason because Alex Leatherwood is the guy to look at as a first-round pick last year. But I think the secondary is the second biggest concern on that roster. Number one, as you mentioned earlier in the show, new philosophy with Patrick Graham coming in. And then you have some unsettled spots. Is Jonathan Abram going to be a starter at safety? Will Deron Harmon take his job? And now we have Trayvon Mullen with this injury. Who knows when he'll be back? They bring in Rocky Sin, who has some inconsistencies in Indianapolis. Is he going to start? Is it Anthony Avery, who could be a late bloomer? He only has one full year as a starter, though. So there's a lot of questions in the secondary. And when you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson, you have to get your secondary straightened out. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, and uh, you know, that's where I, th- I would expect the Raiders with, with him on the pup list and them uncertain and sort of, the like you said, in Vic's piece on The Athletic, they're really concerned with that. I would expect them to go out and sign somebody, at least a body. Uh, but who would you think, who's out there, maybe not a big name, but somebody that you think would be available uh, that could fit in there and come in and compete should Trayvon Mullen just not be ready to go? Yeah, I mentioned him on a previous show. Janoris Jenkins is the guy I would circle and look at. Not to say that he is what he was five, six years ago, but just to get a body, a capable, serviceable starter in there, someone who, who's experienced that at matching up against starting receivers. You want a guy in there who can kind of warm the seat until Trayvon Mullen gets back. No doubt about it. And, of course, you mentioned uh, Bilal Nichols. That was the other one that surprised me a little bit. Hopefully he's just banged up. And and I had to even text you, Mo, because I was like, Pupilus, that means they have to sit out six games. But that's not, just to clear up for the fans out there, that's not until the actual season starts. Once you get to week one, the the six-week pup list rule is in a pl- is an application, right? That's correct. So players on the pup list now can come off at any time. They may be on a pup list for a day and maybe two weeks. So I would just wait and see. I'm not again, I'm not too concerned about Hankins and Bali because I haven't heard too much about um, them dealing with issues or injuries. Trayvon Mullen is the guy that I'm monitoring right now. Yeah, and we we heard from uh, some of the Raiders, including Max uh, Crosby, Hunter Renfro, and, of course, Josh McDaniels yesterday. You know, typical camp stuff, uh, but you definitely get the sense. You know, Max Crosby talked about uh, being uh, training MMA, doing some boxing. Um, and we, we last show with Jesse Merrick talked about that vibe around the Raiders facility and the way that they're doing business, Mo. And again, you kind of see it again, and that's got to be really encouraging for fans. But also that word, you talked about it, I think, four or five times last show, Mo, and that is focus. Focus. But there's one thing that Denzel Perryman said that stuck out to me, and he and they, I think they believe, I believe they asked him about Patrick Graham and the scheme, and he said it's a learning curve. You know, he talked about, you know, he, he was un- unexpectedly traded to the Raiders from the Carolina Panthers last year, had his best season as a pro bowler. Uh, they asked him about his contract, said, I'm not going to talk about that right now. My agent is going to handle that. But he did say it's a learning curve getting a new defensive coordinator. So my my thing will be, how long will it take for these players to take into Patrick Graham and what he's got? Because as, as I mentioned in the previous show, 
Patrick Graham can be a bit complex with his schemes because he wants to use very fronts and sub packages and things of that nature. So how will those players take to his scheme, his philosophy? Yeah, and as you mentioned, when we broke down the defense, uh, the defensive line as well in a previous edition of Silver and Black today was the fact that uh, it's not like you go back to Paul Gunther with the sheer number of plays. In this case, it's just more the complexity and the fluidity, correct? Yes, and one thing I want to point out about Patrick Graham, not to alarm fans that are listening to me about the complexity of his scheme, he is willing to listen to his players because that's one thing that Logan Ryan pointed out. Logan Ryan is now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that's one of the things. When the Giants defense struggled last year, he said Patrick Graham was able to talk to his players and get their input and basically help him along. You know, what's best for you? What can I do to make it better for you? How can I help you put you in a position to succeed? And I think him listening to his players is going to be big as the players learn his philosophy and his system. All right, we're going to step aside for a moment here and hear from our sponsors as well. Also, do us a favor, if you would, please go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it, whether you're getting it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get it. The Odyssey app itself is phenomenal. If you want to listen to the best sports there is, make sure you do that, including podcasts like ours. We're an Odyssey original podcast. Go do that. Subscribe. Also, drop us a five-star review. We certainly appreciate that as well. When Mo and I come back, we're going to dive in into wide receivers. We're going to break down the wide receiver position for the Raiders and talk about the strengths, weaknesses, and who we see steps up into other roles besides wide receiver one. Uh, And we'll talk through that as well. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. We're right back.